welcome back to The Wrap, the podcast that's going to bring you all things high school sports here in Battle Creek and Southwest Michigan. It's episode two. I'm really geeked about this episode. We got a special guest on today, and it's just going to be awesome. Uh, We're going to be speaking with Lauren Granger, head coach of the Battle Creek Central Bearcats today. And Lauren's going to break down a little bit of the game against Lakeview last Friday night. And then he's also going to talk a little bit about his upcoming matchup this Friday with Gall Lake. Now, if you don't know Lauren Granger, uh, he's been the head coach at Battle Creek Central now for about seven, eight years. So he's actually the longest tenured head coach here in Battle Creek. The thing I love about Lauren, uh, and he's a friend of mine, but the thing that I really like about Lauren, what he does and what makes him unique, I think, is he's an advocate for all of his players. Uh, Lauren goes above and beyond what the typical high school coach does to find his kids places to play in college. And so year in and year out, Battle Creek Central's got kids playing in the MIAA or the GLIAC Conference. They've had a few Big Ten players. He's got kids that play JUCO football. And so if you want to play football at the next level, Lauren will find you a spot. And so I think uh, that's really a special thing. A lot of high school coaches don't do that, and he goes above and beyond doing that. And actually, we'll probably have him back on again and just kind of have him talk about that because it's a really cool thing what he does uh, with all of his kids. And it's not just him, but it's the staff down there at Battle Creek Central as well. But he won't be talking about that today. We're going to talk with him about uh, this season so far and kind of how things are going. And so let's not wait any longer. Let's bring Coach Granger on. Welcome, Coach Granger. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, I'd like to thank you for joining the wrap. Appreciate you being here. Um, Before we get into the breakdown of the game this week, this has been a kind of a crazy season so far. Uh, You kind of got started. Well, you weren't sure if you were going to start. Then you got the okay to start. Practice for a week and a half or so, and then they shut you down. Um, Why don't you just speak a little bit on kind of what you did as a program uh, to keep the kids' mindset uh, working towards football, or did you just kind of give up on it, or just speak a little bit about how you kept the kids motivated? Well, the situation was so unique because, you know, the MHSAA was adamant all summer long that we were going to have a football season, and with everything that was going on, you know, it was pretty natural for a lot of people to have doubts about that. I mean, college football conferences had canceled major sports had canceled and the MHSAA was saying we're still going to play. And so even even though they were saying that, there were a lot of kids that were very skeptical. So it was tough to get them to to buy into needing to come to practices and conditionings and all that kind of stuff. And then we go ahead and we start and we I mean the weekend before we started we had coaches meetings and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if 35 guys were going to be there. I didn't know if 105 guys sure. were going to be there. So we start and surprisingly our numbers were great. Everybody came out and we practiced that first week and it looked like 
everything was a go. And maybe the most impressive part about it was, you know, we had all these, and we still have all these protocols that we have to follow as far as wearing masks and screening at the gate and, you know, all these extra things that you have to do in order to make it work. And the kids seemed like, I mean, we could have asked them to do anything we wanted to. They just wanted to play. And so they were doing a great job following the protocol. To date, we've had no issues in terms of outbreaks or anybody testing positive. And it was just a shock, really, after a week of practice when they came and said, you know, we're going we're gonna to pull the plug on it. We're not going to play. Right. So you guys were doing, you're following all the protocol, everything they're, they're telling you to do. That's got to be a big blow to the kids, right? They're thinking, hey, Coach Granger's, you know, telling me to do this. We're taking temperatures before we walk on the field, all that. And then they pull the plug. How were the kids feeling about that? I mean, I mean, they're devastated. You know, they, you, you tell them, you tell them that they need to do this and they need to do that in order to make sure they have a football season. They need to do their part in order to make sure that this all works. And they do it, and then the the plug gets pulled, even though there hasn't been any problems. And there wasn't, there wasn't just no problems in our program. There wasn't any problems reported in any program in that right. first week. So for them to have pulled the plug, it was really devastating to the kids because you know, they're just looking at it like, I did everything you told me I needed to do, but I still don't get to play. Sure. So did you, when that happened, when they pulled the plug, what did you do to kind of keep those spirits up? I mean, uh, did, or did you, or did we just, did you just kind of give up on it at that point? Well, we, as adults, we, we have to be prepared for whatever could happen, right? So we, we had a plan if the MHSAA were to pull the plug, we had a plan for what we were going to do already in place. So that day, what we did was we assured the kids, hey, even though we can't play football in the fall, we have a plan for you to get practice time in. We have a plan for you to get some competition in, even if it's just within our own squad. We have a plan for you to get some tape. We have a plan for you to get in front of college coaches because that's the biggest concern with our kids is that they want to be able to play so they can prove what they can do and have opportunity at the sure, next level. Yeah. So we we assured them that we had a plan to get that done, and then we just started implementing the plan right away. And we we had we did have to wait a little bit for the MHSAA to declare what we were allowed to do and what we weren't allowed to do, but as soon as we knew, we we went ahead and implemented what we thought we could do, which was, you know. Even though the season wasn't going to happen, we had 16 practice dates we could use between then and the end of October. So we were using those two times, two days a week, and we were going to use them basically until the weeks were over. And we were going to practice those days just as it was normal football practice, as if we were preparing for a game. Got it. So, well, the good news is uh, the MHSA decided to reverse course, and we got back on the field and we got a season and you kicked off uh this past friday against the lakeview spartans which is uh kind of back to my day we used to play lakeview and battle creek central used to play the last game of the year and then they switched it uh they played the first game of the year every year and so 
kind of worked out this year that way. And so um, came out on the losing end, 34-18. But why don't you just uh, give us your thoughts on the game, kind of week one, you're kicking off against your rival. Uh, just give us your thoughts and how you thought it went down. Well, you know, it, it was an awful night, really, for us. We, not only do we have all the COVID protocol that we're following, but at 10.30 in the morning on Friday, I get a call from the athletic director that the game needs to be moved to 5 o'clock instead of 7 o'clock because now they're concerned about Tripoli. Right. And we experienced that same thing last year, but this year... To, to have it dropped on you at 10.30 in the morning on a Friday, it changed everything about how we were going to prepare for that football game. You know, our kids are all in virtual school. Their classes essentially run till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. My coaches that are teachers are in class until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, but at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we needed to be at the stadium starting our meetings if we were going to start a football game at five o'clock. We still had to travel. We still had to drive to Lakeview. We still had to uh, get dressed, and we still had to go through warm-ups. And that whole process takes about an hour and forty-five to two hours. And so, everything about the beginning of that game was completely out of sorts. It did not feel like the start of a high school football game. You couple all of those factors into the fact that there's nobody in the stands. Right. You know, you talked earlier about not having a band, not having cheerleaders, not having fans. You know, you walk out onto the field, you really feel like you're 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 there to practice. Sure. And but you really have to be preparing for a game. And you know, I was literally like, our kids are in virtual school, so I didn't even have a way to get a hold of them. A lot of my kids don't even have cell phones. Sure. So I was literally driving around town picking kids up 15 minutes before we needed to get on the bus to drive over to Lakeview because they were at home and didn't have a way to get to the stadium. Yeah. That's that's wild. So, you know, but we're, but we're supposed to be ready to play a football game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's one of the challenges that we have as a coach. You're supposed to... You're supposed to have your team ready for anything that can happen but there's so many different obstacles that we deal with and you know to have those things thrown in our way right before game time it really just made it for it made for a, a really difficult yeah and that's and that's kind of what I thought too and hats off to you guys in Lakeview um with that wrinkle getting thrown in I thought like I said, I was on Facebook, and I see this pop up, and I thought, man, they're already, already things have been going crazy with the whole COVID and this and that have been delayed, and now all of a sudden we're throwing in, we're moving the start time at 10 o'clock because of the Triple E concern, um, which, you know, neither here nor there, but I thought it was a little different because Marshall, who's in Callan County, kicked off at 7, and... Uh, Penfield and Harper Creek kicked off at 7, so that was a little different for you. Um, but as far as uh, the gameplay going, you got any comments on that? or how, how, do you, how do you feel you guys did for your first game coming out? All, those, all these different circumstances, you didn't get to scrimmage this year at all, so this is the first live action 
you've seen against a different team. How did you think that went for you? We found some things that we did well. We 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 wanted to identify a few things that we could do well and use those as the cornerstone to build our house on. You know, we we view this season as a marathon because we get to play in the playoffs no matter sure. how many games we win. We really wanted to use game one to find a few things that we're good at. Look, our team is really young. Right. We have five seniors returning to this team that started a year ago. That's it. So we have a lot of sophomores and a ton of juniors who have never played a varsity football game who are expected to contribute to our team. So our goal was to find some things that we could do well with those young guys and use those to build on to get better from in week two. So, you so know, what are some of those things you found? We, we thought we played better defense than, than we had in the prior season, even if, even for just being game one. Um, we were able to line up and, and do some things defensively that we really struggled with last year. We thought yeah. uh, we thought we threw the ball fairly well. Uh, we yeah. have a new quarterback. Yeah, I was I, uh, watching the film. That was something, uh, you know, he didn't play quarterback at all. And just from talking to you and some other people around the program, uh, Felix Shorter's never played quarterback before, really, right? And so... Well, he played um, in eighth grade. Right, okay. But he's never played yeah. high school quarterback. And so, watching the film... Um, he actually didn't look too bad throwing the ball, you know. I thought you might try to utilize him more as a runner than anything. Um, but that's also something I saw in the film, too, was it looked like your offensive line, which I know is younger, mm -hmm. um, I thought they pass-blocked pretty well for you, which sometimes in the past I've seen you guys, that's kind of an area of concern at times. And I thought they actually did a pretty good job with that. Yeah, our pass protection we thought was the best part about our offensive line play for the night. You know, we we would have loved to establish the run game Friday night against Lakeview. Sure. But we we had a hard time finding a series of running plays that we were blocking very well. But we did block pass protection fairly well, well enough anyway, that we were able to move the chains with that. And, you know, we still have to find a way to establish a run game. But... The fact that we know that we can pass block, we can, we can throw the ball a little bit, really helps us out because Felix is a special runner. I mean, he's he's a guy that if we didn't have to have him playing quarterback, would be playing running back. Sure. Okay. So, you know, we know we know that he can run the football. We know he's got talent with his feet, but if we can also establish him throwing the football, especially when we have you know, we have Jalen Jackson, That's right. who's a Division One wide receiver. Yeah, and he's receiver. kind of special. I've seen, I watched him play a few times last year. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Jalen Jackson, um, it's not a well-known name. I guess he kind of burst on the scene last year. But if you watch some of his film, he made some spectacular catches last year. Tall kid, I don't know, he's about 6'3 or so. Three, yep. He can jump, runs well, catches the ball. Um yeah, he's a 
he's someone to look out for, for sure. And so I can see where you guys might want to try to get him the ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just, and just as much as we want to get the ball to him, we also have, you know, some playmakers in the junior class and Melvin Nelson and Kylon Wilson and a couple other guys that we think if we can get the ball in their hands, they're very dangerous in the open field. So Felix, you know, he admittedly has has some uh, struggles with delivering the football to where it needs to be, but we felt like that was one positive bright spot that we pulled out of that Lakeview game was that we felt like we could throw the ball a little bit. And we'll try to build on that. We also have to establish this run game, and we will. But knowing that we can throw the football helps us out. Yeah, and what I noticed too, um, and I've noticed this over the last couple years, especially with the offensive line play, you guys can, uh, like even in this game, Friday night, you put together two pretty good drives there, and you watch, and the offensive line's doing a really good job blocking but then, you know, the next drive, it looks all out of sorts. And so what are some of the things you guys work on to get more consistent with the offense? Not just the offensive line play, but kind of everything where um, you guys look really dangerous at times. And then you could come out and turn it over on the very first play of the next drive. So what do you guys, what do you do to work on some, maybe to get more consistent throughout the year? Because like you said before, this year is unique. You get to play in the playoffs, and so it's almost like uh, you just want to build up for that playoff game. So, what are you, you know, what are some things that you you guys are going to work on to get more consistent as the season goes on? Well, the big thing for us is communication. You know, you if you watch the game, you saw times when the offensive line seemed to be out of sync with what was happening in the backfield. And there were times, actually, that we blocked the wrong direction for the right play, if that makes sense. Sure. You know, we'd call a play to the right, but we'd block it to the left. Right. And, you know, that's a communication issue. We have we run a no-huddle, fast-paced offense that relies on hand signals and, and boards, you know, signs that we hold up in the air. And, you know, kids are still kind of learning some of those things and so communication and what we actually want to be running is part of that. We have to find a way to communicate better and make sure that everybody's on the same page so that when you line up and you and you snap the football, everyone knows where they're going and what they're supposed to do. And that's the basis for establishing that consistency that you're talking about and that's something that we have to improve. When uh, you talk about the no huddle stuff so that's kind of becoming a popular thing what's your philosophy on that are you guys trying to go fast all the time or you know you see some teams will go no huddle and it's just they just don't huddle um but is yours more of a do you want to go fast or are you just trying to control the pace of the game we're just trying to control the tempo of the game we want to go fast sometimes but also sometimes we want to go really slow but we want to, if we're going slow, we want to be able to take our time, line up in a formation, see how the defense is lined up, and make a call that we think takes advantage of what the defense is giving to us. No huddle and hand signals and all that allows us to control that tempo. We don't have to go fast. We don't have to go slow, but we can do either. 
and we can put ourselves in a situation where we can take advantage of the way a team is lined up, you know, defensively. Sure. So, um, just kind of switching over, been talking about the offense a little bit, switching over to the defense, um, looking at the game Friday, I thought you guys played okay defense, uh, okay defensively. When Lakeview uh, got in the shotgun formation, tried to run some jet sweep, hit you outside, I thought you guys did a real good job with that, running to the football. It looks like um, you got some guys that can run around, uh, run to the football well, and you get a lot of guys uh, to the ball. Yeah, you know, one, one disadvantage of not having a scrimmage is that you don't know what you're going to see in game one. So all we could do last week in terms of preparation was prepare our defense for what we thought we were going to see. So the sweep that you're talking about, the shotgun formation, the jet sweep, those are, those are the types of plays that Lakeview really hurt us with a year ago. Okay. And so in our game preparation... You know, we planned to take that stuff away from them. We thought that if they came out and they did the same thing they did last year, we wanted to be really prepared to defend it. We knew they could do something different. We knew they might, too, because they have a different quarterback and they have some different personnel. Right. Um, but, we, but we had to be prepared to defend what we knew that they did really well. Gotcha. And so I thought you guys did a pretty good job watching the film. Uh, Lakeview struggled a little bit to move the ball on you that way. I think really where the game changed um, for you watching on film was when they decided to line up too tight. They packed those uh, they packed those splits in real real tight, and they line up three backs in the backfield, and they just kind of got behind that experienced offensive line. Now them guys have been playing for a little while together uh they're pretty big boys and they just kind of moved you out of the way hurt you off tackle a little bit um why don't you kind of talk about that a little bit maybe uh you know did you feel like you were undersized up front and that was part of the problem or you know maybe the inexperience up there and they're just you know Lakeview's got they got they have some good offense alignment uh Hunter Marcos is a good player um you know, this is his, I think he's a junior. He started as a freshman. So they have some experience up there. So I don't know if, uh, you know, if that just kind of hurts you guys or what you think about that. Well, I didn't feel like we were undersized. I knew we were undersized. They, yeah, you talk about Hunter Marcos. Hunter's a great player. In fact, you know, probably maybe one of the most underrated players that we have in this area in terms of offensive line play. That's a kid that, you know, when anytime you can start on an offensive line in the SMAC conference, you're a really special player. And, you know, they have a couple of those that did that. They had a couple last year that did that. And those kids now are all playing together um, with experience. So, uh, yeah, when they, when they packed it in with two tight formation in the Maryland eye, we had seen that formation before. And we knew that they could run that. But we weren't sure if we were going to get that or if we were going to get the shotgun more. We just didn't know. So, you know, the the way that we line up to that formation defensively was, you know, 
that's kind of our our secondary defensive front, if you will. You know, we don't we don't practice that front as much as we do our base defense. So when when they get into that, you know, we're lining up in a defense that we basically have one day of practice in throughout that week because we just weren't sure if we were going to see that or not. But that you know they they have those experienced offensive line players. We have a couple guys with experience on a defensive line, but they certainly overpowered us up front and took advantage of the way that we were lined up to that certain formation. And it took us, you know, it took us a couple possessions to really make the adjustments that we needed to make in order to defend that properly. Gotcha. So uh, last but not least, we'll talk a little bit about special teams play. You guys returned a kickoffer touchdown, which is good to see. Uh, but on the flip side, you gave up a punt return for a touchdown. So why don't you speak just a little bit on how you thought special teams went. I know that's a tough one, week one. You probably didn't get a lot of time to practice that as you're trying to get your offense and defense in here before week one. Actually, we, we spent a lot of time on special teams last week. And, you know, you, you talk about the punt return or the kick return for that we had for a touchdown. It's been a long time since we had one of those. Okay. It's actually been a couple of years since we returned to kickoff for a touchdown. You know, Omarion Davis broke that one. I think it was 78 yards. Uh, Omarion's a great player too, by the way. Another under under undervalued, uh, under-recruited player who's a senior that really has some great speed, some great vision for running the football. You know, um, that particular kick return, if you watch... The blocking, you know, our our kick return team did a great job matching up their blocks, and everything seemed to click on that particular place. So we were we were really excited that that happened. It's just been a long time since we returned to kick for a touchdown, and with the kind of athletes that we have, that's really surprising. But the effort that goes into special teams and and especially kick return, you know, kick return happens. After they've just scored a touchdown. Right. So mentally, it's really hard. With all the different challenges that our kids face on a daily basis, it's really hard to focus the kids in after they've just been demoralized on a defensive possession into a special team where they have an opportunity to score. We've struggled with that mental gap there. So to overcome that, especially in that game, was a big deal. You know, we... We give up the punt. We, the other thing we haven't done in a really long time is we haven't given up a punt return for a touchdown. We did that um, not last season, but the season before and lost a game that way. And it's been a point of emphasis for us. In fact, we tell the kids our punt team is the most important team that we have on our team. Sure. It's more important than offense. <clears throat> it's more important than defense. It's all about field position. So, you know... We give up that punt return for a touchdown, and and it, you know I really want to credit Jarris McIntosh because there's another Division One recruited kid here in the city of Battle Creek that just made a lot of plays on Friday night, and that was one of the plays he made. You know that ball hits the ground; he doesn't catch it in the air; it hits the ground, and he has a decision to make: is he gonna, is he going to let us down it, or is he going to pick it up and try to run with it? And I think our kids thought he was going to let us just down the ball. Right. You know, they kind of pull up for a second, and Jarrett sees a window and scoops the ball up. 
and he's off to the races, and he's a very special athlete. So if you let your guard down, even for a second, a kid like that's going to hurt you. All right, so switching gears to this upcoming Friday, you guys are headed over to Gall Lake to take on them. That's a team that you've been successful with over the last few years. I don't know if I'm right in saying this, but you've won maybe, what, three or four in a row against them. Um, just seems like you kind of got their number. Your kids are confident going over to play them. Uh, it's kind of different. Um, you played over there last year as well. You know, so um, what do you think about Gall Lake and kind of what you're looking to accomplish this Friday? Our kids play confident against Gall Lake, but that game is always a dogfight. I mean, they play well against us. I think they they look at our game on their schedule as a game they have an opportunity to win. You know, we, just like you, you talked about our consistency earlier, we have times when we show that we're a really good team, and then we have times when we show that we let our guard down and we become vulnerable to attack. And Gull Lake is a team that attacks you where you're vulnerable. So even when we even two years ago when we played in the playoffs, I don't know how many games they won that year. Maybe one or two. Yeah, I remember that would be in a you guys maybe yeah. won by a point or two. I think it's it was a close one point. game. Yeah. Yeah, they, I remember that. It was right down to the wire. And and they just they they play hard nosed football and they really play with a lot of confidence, especially at home. You know, so we're going over there. It's gonna, you know, it's a hostile environment, and we better be on our A game if we want to win that game. Even though we play confidently against them, is there anything uh, with them that you feel like you can exploit with them? I mean, when you. Traditionally, when you look at it and you go Battle Creek Central versus Gull Lake, it just pops out. You just automatically think Battle Creek Central's got better athletes. They're faster. Uh, they move better. Um, is that something you try to exploit when you play Gull Lake? Or is it just, you know, each year it's different? Well, yeah, each year it's different. First of all, I'm not sure that's true this year. We, we really don't have great team speed or great athleticism that you might think you would see from a Battle Creek Central football team. We do have some great athletes, but overall, I would say that, you know, Gall Lake has just as many as we do. Okay. And I don't think that overall, I don't think our team speed is any faster than theirs. Are there things we think we can exploit? Sure. You know, I don't know that I would would give away those things before we play the game. Uh, but right, and I don't expect I, uh, you to. I think I think that there's areas that we can attack and score points, and I think that there's there's some pretty glaring things that we need to take away from their offense in order to stop them too. And I will, I, you know, I will talk about their, you know, they've got their running back number forty two that he was just a. A bowling yeah, ball. Yeah, big kid. Yeah. I remember him from last year. Just a bowling ball a year ago. If you got in his way, he was going to knock you over like a pin. And he runs the same way this year. He's a year older, and he's stronger, and he looks just as good on film 
if not better than he ever was. If we're going to beat Gall Lake, we have to take him away. Yeah, and he's the type of kid that you kind of got to you got to stop before he gets going. Once he gets a once he gets a yard or two behind the line of scrimmage, he's hard to bring down, but if you can get him get him at the line or maybe a little behind before he really gets a head of steam going, he's a little bit easier to take down. It reminds me of a old Lakeview Spartan that I played against back in the day, Aaron Bowman. Uh but who are you, um, is there any players that, you know, or kids that you're you're looking to see something out of this week that you kind of need to step up to the plate and kind of show you a little something? Well, I really I really would like to see a lot out of Omarion Davis this week. You know, he, he is a running back who's been waiting in the wings, so to speak. He's sure. a third-year varsity player, okay. but... You know, everybody that's anywhere anywhere around here understands that Tyshawn Williams has been our our go to back for the last few years. Right. You know, and he's he's unfortunately not able to be part of the team this year, um, due to a violation of team rules and and uh Omarion's been waiting for his chance to really kinda shine, so to speak, with his opportunities that he might pick up in Tyshawn's absence. And so um uh, you know, I really, he wasn't able to establish any kind of a rhythm really in the Lakeview game for a combination of reasons, but I would really love to try and establish him as a guy who's going to carry the football and carry it for a lot of yards. You know, there's a couple of younger guys in there too, Milton Hudson and Asael Adan, that carry the ball for us. Um, you know, one of those guys has to step up and really kind of become the feature back in our offense. And, and so... We're looking for for that. We're looking for, you know, even though we thought we passed the bell the ball well last week, we never really got much going with Jalen Jackson, who's supposed to be our premier sure. wide receiver. Sure, sure. You know, we've got to find a way to put the ball in his hands and let him make plays in open spaces. You know, and you know, defensively, we've got to fall into that consistency that we talked about earlier where we know what we're going to do in every situation and we execute it. And, you know, this is an offense that Gall Lake's going to run where we're, we're going to have to be very disciplined because it's a, it's a veer option style offense. We have to take away different phases of their offense and we have to make sure that we're disciplined enough to stay home and do that. And so, you know, I'm looking for I'm looking for some linebackers defensively that can play disciplined football. We struggled with that last week against Lakeview. You know, Felix Shorter, Milton Hudson, a couple other guys um, playing in the middle there that really need to Kaiser Williams really kind of need to step up and have good defensive football games. All right. Well, hopefully next week when we talk. Uh... Those guys have stepped up, and you guys have walked away with the W, and you're one and one on the season. So, just want to thank you for joining us today, uh, and good luck this upcoming Friday. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate you having me. All right, that was Coach Granger of the Battle Creek Central Bearcats. That's going to do it here for episode two. Make sure you subscribe, keep listening. Next week, we're going to break down the I eight and Smack football conferences again but what i'm really looking forward to is getting some local volleyball coaches here on the wrap 
Uh, we got a couple lined up. Hopefully get them on next week. Just kind of give us a breakdown of how their season's going. They got started up a couple weeks ago, and so like to speak with them. So make sure you like our Facebook page, subscribe to the podcast, and thank you for your support. And that's the wrap. That's it.